Hello everyone, so this is going to be the last crime episode about my life that I ever do. And I've been doing an excellent job of this time. When I say it's my last episode, you notice I don't keep saying that, but keep making more episodes about the topic I said I wasn't going to talk about anymore. I was under some duress and some stress in the past, but I got the help I need to officially move forward. Um, It wasn't easy doing this episode, but without further ado, let's get going. So when I was a when I was a child, um, I I didn't drive that much as a kid. I didn't drive enough where. Child Protective Services would have been called my family. I drove every now and then. You may read that in, in, in my book on Amazon. And my episodes, I didn't drive that much. I just remembered. I drove um, every few weeks, but not enough to get the cops or anybody in the legal system on me and my family. And I also remember that there were times where I would sit in women's laps and they would have me drive with them. My feet, obviously I wasn't tall enough to um, put have my legs on in the... Um, and the the drive, you know, the driver's seat for the brakes. So they'll have me sit in their lap. It'll be women I would meet on the street, and they wanted me to joyride with them, but they wouldn't sit in my lap. Some people may call that a form of sexual abuse or sexual assault. No argument for me on that because in the kind of crime world I was in. There could be traumas that, looking back on it, could fall easily fall under the umbrella of child abuse. So I may have had, well, not me, but they may have had more child abuse against me. I'm just naming as best I can, but a lot of the stories, I'm, I'm, and as I reminisce, I'm like, okay, there was more child abuse at that time against me than I could understand when I first started telling the story. I'm like, oh, okay, there was more harm against me. And then there were times where I would drive around. Now, when I would drive, the car would fit me. There are some people that are very short. I don't want to say midget or dwarf because one of my nicknames on the street was dwarf midget. Or DM for short. Sometimes they call me midget dwarf, MD. But those nicknames were extremely short-lived because the women in particular didn't like those names. And And it was understood if the women didn't like those names... And I was big on being sensitive to women back then. I always have, always will be. Then the streets would just stop because these were the type of women of the streets that they had 
big brothers. They had uncles. They had little brothers. But these were not the type of guys to offend. If their cousin or sister, whoever was their woman relative, it could be their mother, their grandmother, whoever their woman relative was, they treated all the women relatives like royalty. So if the woman relative didn't want something happen, you didn't want her to get the men in her family on you. Um, there were times where I was called the nicknames I told you in the past and the women got the men in their family and it was a violent v- fiasco. And these men and their family were always cool with me. Um, Sometimes I would run into them and we would talk and they would just feed me whatever they had. But what they they would feed me was typical food. The stuff you would see in a buffet, they would just give me that to eat. And the women in that world, if they really liked you, they had you meet their family. They had you meet the women in their family and they liked me. In fact, the women and their family, to my pleasant surprise, they never abused me. Never. These were the type of women in their family. They had no criminal connections. They stayed completely away from the streets. So they were squeaky clean in terms of their history and reputation. I'm not saying they were perfect. I'm just saying they never said or did anything that could make people think that they were rowdy. No, they were sweet. Um, I remember meeting relatives of criminals. I mean, criminals have that unhealthy sense of, I'm cool with you, you're going to meet my family. That's never a good thing when a criminal says that. So there were criminals who had me meet the people in their families and for the most part it was understood don't abuse Antonio if I hear that you did something or said something nasty and trifling to him I don't care if we blood I will have you in a ocean of blood a lake of blood or a river of blood that if you double cross Tonio. That's what these criminals actually say to their relatives. And for the most part, all their relatives followed the order. There was a couple of women and a couple of guys who attempted to physically abuse me and attempted rape. And the criminals actually walked in on that. It happened in, I think, their aunt's home, and it was like a little, it was like a festivity. They had to get together at the aunt's house, so they tried to sneak me into a room to abuse me. And the criminal was nearby. They thought that, oh, you know. Our brother's gone. So it was two sisters and two brothers. 
of the criminal who was a man. So there was her brother. So it was this brother. So four of his siblings tried to torture me. The criminal saw it, took out his gun, massacred them. And people in the house were panicking like, oh my God, what the... And the criminal told the family, these filthy ass bitches and these psychotic niggas tried to had a way with Tonio. So the whole family they just protected me after that. It was it was an unsolved murder because the family was trying to figure out how did these because they were reviled in the family the two sisters and the brother they somehow must have snuck into the party because they were uninvited they were the type that nobody in the family liked them so when they were killed nobody ever told the police no nobody ever reported it so the whole family like it just they killed them from what i remember and sometimes in the streets when nobody likes you, they rejoice in your death. Like, I've seen uh, this Bible verse. I'm not promoting religion or anything, but it's uh, I've seen it in the book of Proverbs that makes me think about them. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 10. When the righteous thrive, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, their shouts of joy. But you also got Proverbs 28, verse 28 says, When the wicked come to power, people have themselves. But when they perish, the righteous flourish. So reading those verses when I was a child, it made me think about how when the two sisters and two brothers were just murdered, execution down in aunt's home, the whole family danced and partied and what they did was they consoled me they're like they're basically apologized for me having to see it and at the same time their mindset was we're gonna make sure that nobody else in this family tries to do dusty and dirty nothing dirty or nothing dusty to you that's what they said to me and um That's what I remember. Like in the street world, even though people, when it comes to, even though in the street world, they try to keep their, they try to keep kids from not seeing what they do because the criminal was so angry. They just, I've seen them be killed. And what happened was the whole family, I mean, I'll be with them sometimes, but, you know, they would always apologize for what I saw, and what they would do was, um, I just remember they would always feed me and say nice things, because 
They always acted nice towards me. Now, a lot of people could say this is psychological manipulation, emotional manipulation, intellectual manipulation. And because it's the crime world, I can't argue against you. Or you could say it was a, it was there. They were grooming without grooming. You know, they just didn't completely do what a lot of child groomers did, but it was some form of child grooming. It's crime world, so I can't argue. I cannot argue against you. And when um, when I think about um, what happened when I was growing up, I mean, I didn't carry a gun a whole lot on the train. I didn't. I think I did so like twice. I think I carried a gun on a. Metro bus twice when I was a child, five years old. But I I would have the gun. It was loaded, but I would um, not be on the bus long. I would not be on the train very long. So when people did suspect, they felt like there was a gun in the um, bus or train because... It could be, they thought they saw one. I may not have completely hit it well. They thought they saw a little bit that made them think that might be a gun. So what I did was, after those four times of people suspecting a gun, I just stopped carrying guns on Metro and bus, on on Metro bus and Metro train, like I only did it twice for each um i counted it was four times my memory and that and when people would look around i would just you know when adults would get off the next stop i would get off with them i did that four times one on two on the metro train two on the other metro bus and I just stopped because i was like man i don't think i can ever get luck blessed to, to to escape what happened I, I didn't want to push my blessings at the time I didn't want to push my luck at the time that's how I felt and I, and you're like why'd you carry guns at five well I only carried one gun it was a semi-automatic pistol it was black colored and I only did it four times and the reason why is in the crime world that I grew up in, women were not treated as people. And I felt like metro transit buses and transit trains wouldn't be any different. I was blessed that in any of those four times that that didn't happen. Um, I don't glorify what happened, but where did I get the gun? The crime world gave me the gun when I requested it because I wanted to protect women. Um, You know, growing up now, looking back at my life at that time, I just remember also um, when it came to the sex workers, back then they were called prostitutes. I remember begging and pleading with them 
to not have me be a pimp also because I was like, I just don't have it in me to do that to you. And I beg and plead, and I was like, I'm trying to convince them, call this off, don't make me do this. I, I don't feel respected by you when you have me do this. But they wanted me to manage and they're like, well, I know you're not going to hit me. I know you're not going to call me names. I know you're not going to make me have sex with somebody I don't want to. So that's why you should manage me. They had me do it anyway. And with the sex workers, I remember we would mostly walk the D.C. Mount Virginia streets just Talking, laughing, um, and acting goofy like little kids, but um, it's just it, it it just makes me speechless how. Adults can be that quote-unquote comfortable with a child. I'm not saying it was a positive thing. I would never say that. But um, I felt like I experienced Peter Pan syndrome in the crime world. Like, I saw... Basically, this is what I saw. I saw the Peter Penn syndrome in the crime world. So, um, I saw Peter Pan syndrome symptoms. That's what I saw. For example, in the crime world, I saw low motivation, lack of interest in work, trouble with commitment, being unreliable, difficulty making decisions, emotional instability, lack of accountability and blaming others, shortcomings with personal growth, entitlement and expectation for others to take care of them, Fear of and refusal to accept constructive criticism, chronic procrastination, refusal to participate in or effectively complete household chores, chronic unemployment or underemployment, relying on others to manage finances, refusing to leave one's childhood home, prioritizing fun and play over important obligations, struggling or refusing to define relationships, avoiding attempts to address conflicts in relationships, Befriending children and younger people over those of similar age. Befriending other immature adult, uh, befriending other immature individuals of similar mentality. Substance use or addiction specifically intended to relieve negative internalized thoughts and feelings. And what caused the Peter Pan syndrome of the crime world? Permissive parenting. Overprotective parenting. Anxiety, loneliness, 
fear of commitment, narcissism, enabling behavior, traditional gender roles of societal stereotypes, societal expectations, lack of direction, and relentless mental health diagnosis. And then it gets worse. I remember witnessing what is called Wendy Syndrome. Wendy syndrome. Ah, man. I have seen this. (laughs) Wendy syndrome is the tendency for women to act like mothers to their romantic partners. Wendy syndrome is the opposite of Peter Pan syndrome. Wendy is the woman behind Peter Pan. She deals with everything he doesn't want to do, giving him the freedom to just exist. People with Wendy syndrome take the lead in a relationship, taking care of responsibilities and making decisions. Wendy is well aware of Peter's tendency to be unreliable, so she accepts it and adjusts. Wendy syndrome is primarily found in women, though men can have it too. Yes, I've seen the male version of Wendy syndrome when it comes to women. I'm, this is all that I've seen in the crime world. It might seem outdated, but nothing could be further from the truth. Women everywhere put the needs of their man above their own. If Peter Pan represents immature men, Wendy's a representation of women who pick up the slack for those men. And those that don't know, Peter Pan syndrome is a condition where a person feels to grow up instead of taking responsibility for their own lives. They place the blame on other people's circumstances. People with Peter Pan syndrome are typically the result of overprotective parents that shield their children from the realities of life. They can also be created by parents who don't impose boundaries nor consequences. Peter Pan syndrome is characterized by insecurity, a fear of rejection, lack of discipline, and traits that are also associated with narcissism. But what is a Peter Pan without a Wendy? If you've ever seen Disney's Peter Pan, you know Wendy is the mother figure to Peter Pan screwed the Lost Boys while Peter Pan is considered the father. I've seen the female version of Peter Pan syndrome, too. Okay, so what is Wendy syndrome? For example... I've in the crime world, I've seen women put the needs of others above their own. I've seen women make themselves believe that doing for others is their purpose. I've seen women who are scared to end up alone. I've seen women walk on eggshells. I've seen women try to do it all. I've seen women have the wrong idea about love. I've seen women who are matriarchal to a fault. I've seen women who are controlling and codependent. Don't get me wrong. I've seen men put the needs of others above their own. I've seen men make themselves believe that doing for others is their purpose. I've seen men who are scared to end up alone. I've seen men walk on eggshells. I've seen men try to do it all. I've seen women. I've seen men have the wrong idea about love. I've seen women who are patriarchal to a fault. I've seen men who are controlling and codependent. I've seen men 
father their partners. I've seen women mother their partners. In the organized crime world, Wendy's syndrome, Peter Pan's syndrome are extremely normalized. It's weird for those syndromes not to occur in the crime world. They occur most often in the crime world, in my view. So, um... I did witness how there were times where there were some criminals that if they did not want you to be a part of their world, they would encourage you to be an entrepreneur legally. They would encourage you to get all your diplomas, degrees, certifications, licensures, and awards for doing positive things. They would encourage you to go in the right direction. They wouldn't sell drugs around you. They wouldn't shoot nor kill around you. They wouldn't get high around you. They wouldn't smoke around you. They wouldn't drink around you. If they felt like they knew that you were on the straight and narrow and they didn't want to ruin it, they would act those ways around you. Um, they wouldn't sell any anything in front of your um, in front of your home or your school. They wouldn't commit crimes in certain you know, when it comes to certain school properties, certain housing properties. If they really felt like they wanted to help you Stay straight and narrow, unlike them. None of it makes sense, but that's how it is in that world. And I, um, remember that kind of world, and I can honestly say that, um, This may be a short episode because I'm just wrapping up because I share so much and that's okay. I can say this. Many of you are wondering how are you able to live to tell about all these crime stories and I can honestly say that there was the criminals pulled me to the side when I was a child and they explained to me that they would not mind if my story about my time in that world ever came out because they said, Antonio, one day we're going to be calling you Antonio. One day we're going to be seeing you in major, 
in, in, in major media and we know you're going to be, you know, worldwide. Everybody going to know who you are. And they said, you'll be the reason why future, you know, future generations won't live a life of crime like us. They said, you're going to be the reason why we don't live a life of crime anymore and why folks who have been born yet won't be living a life of crime. So, you know, you have our permission to uh, tell our story and we'll make sure that nobody tries to get at you in terms of weapons, in terms of threats, in terms of trying to trying to and trying to end you so so young so that's what they told me um that's one of the reasons why I don't have any fear now I had that lingering fear because criminals are known to be duplicitous they'll say things but they mean the total opposite of what they say but well, you know, I don't need their permission to do the right thing, but I decided I'd do the right thing for me because I wanted people to know in that world, the women criminals were more into rationalization than the men. I'm talking about career criminals. There are more women career criminals than men career career criminals. So example, so the women who who were living a life of crime more than the men, they tend to rationalize their own behavior more than the men by diverting blame and questioning motives of others more than the men did. And that's part of the rationalization process that career criminal women generally did not evaluate the consequences of their own behavior more than the men. So the women had a more of a sense of entitlement than the men. The women were more self-centered and oblivious to the needs of others than the men. The men career, the women career criminals lived by the simple motto of me, me, me more than the men career criminals did. And the women criminals felt like they had the right to commit any acts they desired more than the men did because the women felt that life was all about them all the time more than the men. Then the men, I'm sorry, the women had an asocial value system more than the men in crime. Many habitual offenders, women, suffer from antisocial personality disorder, what's called criminal thinking more than the men did. The women career criminals did very rarely show any remorse for their action and empathy towards others more than the men. The women career criminals complete failure to adhere to acceptable social standards more than the men, coupled with a lack of self-control when it came to women career criminals more than the men, led to a life filled with confrontation after arrest. So the women experienced that more than the men did. Um... Women had the women criminals had sentimentality more than the men. So despite their prevailing antisocial behavior, the women career criminals more than the men saw themselves in a positive light 
because the women criminals had sentimentality towards certain things like children or animals more than the men did. Their sentimental attitude of the, career, the women career criminals more than men career criminals just further fueled the fire of rationalization for the women offenders' continuous cycle of criminal behavior more than the men. So the men, so the women criminals were more impulsive than the men criminals. This trait is pretty obvious. Inability to control one's behavior by acting on every impulse was a, was a dominant char- characteristic of the women career criminals more than the men career criminals. Only do these outliers fail to have control over their impulses, which was the women more than the men, but they often lack control over their temperament, which often led to disastrous results, especially when these criminals lose their control, lose their cool. The women did all the above more than the men. And there was more family dysfunction come from the women more than the men. A very common trait of uh, a, a very common trait of women career criminals more than men career criminals when I was growing up was the lack of family support both on emotional and financial levels. So the families of the women criminals were unable to effectively problem solve and provide any sort of emotional psychological stability more than the men career criminals. It did lead to significant problems for them more than the men that already was predisposed to a social behavior. Um, Oftentimes, substance abuse issues are found in this dysfunctional environment, which further rose the stability which families should provide. So the women dealt with all these things more than the men did. So the women were more easily distracted than the men. Women career criminals, when I was growing up, had more serious distraction issues and often lose focus on the legitimate goals more than the men. The inability to remain focused and on target with their socially acceptable objectives often led criminals to fall back to their old patterns so the women dealt with this more than the men. Even after the person has been released from prison, believes they have been rehabilitated. So the women had that more than the men. And then power centric. The women habitual offenders more than the men tended to look at people's situations as a power struggle. Essentially, each encounter when it came to the men more than the women, when it came to the women more than the men, became a battle between strong and weak. Well, you know, and once the Women more than the men had decided they held the strength. They'll exploit. They'll exploit the weaker opponent. So the women felt they had invincibility more than the men. The women career criminals often had an inflated sense of optimism, which translates which translates into "I'll never get caught." More than the men, that fantasy belief of invincibleness led the women criminals more than the men criminals down a dangerous path of ill-fated patterns. They, meaning the women more than the men, often believed that because a certain strategy worked in the past, the other would continue to prove faithful. But when it came to the women more than the men, it usually didn't, and they wound up in jail more than the men, again and again. And lastly, cognitive laziness. Choosing the path of least resistance is a, was a trademark of women career criminals more than the men career criminals. Their lack of ambition and traditional sense coupled with being easily bored led the women criminals more than the men criminals to make poor, not well-thought-out decisions in their youth. The women career criminals more than the men career criminals had a strong desire to live outside the rules and test the boundaries of acceptable behavior. 
as aged and women, criminals more than the men, criminals tend to live within and fully accept the antisocial boundaries that they establish in their younger years. So, I'm about to be finished anyway, but um, basically, I'll end with this. So, because I spent the most time in the sex work world, this is what I saw the most. Torture, stalking, slavery, robbery, invasion of privacy, the organized crime version of regicide, negligent homicide, felony murder, murder, mayhem. Corporate manslaughter, manslaughter, menacing, kidnapping, intimidation, human trafficking, homicide, home invasion, harassments, frame-ups, false imprisonment, domestic violence, defamation, criminal negligence, child abuse, castration, battery assault, and assassinations. Those are the crimes against the person's I saw these things the most in the sex work world. Let me make it clear. Sex work is real work. Porn is real work. Stripping is real work, etc. So sex work and sex trafficking are never the same. Sex work and slavery are never the same. Sex work and abuse of any kind is never the same. I'm just telling you the organized crime version of these crimes I saw that these crimes happen most in that world because I was forced to grow up in the sex work world the most because sex workers liked me the most and wanted to spend the most time with me. That's why they interacted with me the most. (laughs) In the sex work world, I saw crimes against property the most, such as mischief, vandalism, trespass land, theft, tax evasion, smuggling, robbery, possessing stolen property, pickpocketing, payola, larceny, intellectual property violation, gambling, fraud, forgery, false pretenses, extortion, embezzlement, burglary, bribery, blackmail, arms trafficking, and arson. I saw crimes against justice happen in the sex work world the most, such as perverted course of justice, perjury, obstruction, misprision, miscarriage of justice, malfeasance in office, and compounding. Um, as you know, I am pro-LGBTQI+. I am pro-masturbation. I'm pro-fornication. And because I'm pro-sex work, I'm pro-prostitution. So what I'm about to tell you, and I use vulgar language appropriately. And the, re- and the reason why I'm saying that is because I don't want to lump in those things with bad things, okay? 
but in the sex work world I saw and I saw all these things the most voyeurism exhibitionism frauderism sexual slavery sexual assault sex trafficking rape prostitution obscenity masturbation decent exposure incest homosexuality fornication cybersex trafficking child sexual abuse bigamy and adultery I want to make it clear I'm for healthy voyeurism healthy exhibitionism um I am for multi-partnerships, healthy bigamy, but I'm just telling you the organized crime version of all the above. That's what I saw. And no, none of those things made me sexually corruptible. None of those things made me gay. None of those things made me trans. None of those things made me who and what I truly am naturally at my core. So I don't want people to think, oh, that's why you're all these ways. No. Hell the fuck no. Now. So in the crime world, within sex work, I saw crimes against the state happen the most, such as subversion, sedition, secession, espionage, treason, laissez majeste. And crimes against animals I saw the most happen in the sex work world. Bestiality, wildlife, smuggling, cruelty to animals. And uh, in the crime world, in, in the sex work world, I saw its versions of war crimes, usurpation, terrorism, piracy, hostage taking, dueling, apostasy, begging, since you know, um, smoking, alcohol drugs, censorship violations. Let me make it clear. I have nothing against smokers. I have nothing against alcohol. I'm pro-alcohol. I have nothing against drugs. Drugs can be healthy. Weed being one of them. But what I'm saying is just that and I'm pro-weed. So and as you know, I don't like censoring just to censor. I'm just telling you what I saw in that world. I saw a lot of entrapment the most in that world. I saw solicitation and cyber conspiracy attempts, misdemeanors, felonies, and infractions happen the most in that world, meaning a sex work world. So, um, I've seen people fight over wills, trusts, and estates, and torts, and contracts. Most of the time, they didn't leave any anything in place, so that's why you had family feudings because of that. And, um, that's what I was exposed to the most in that world. Basically, in the sex work world, I saw all these types of crimes happen the most war, victimless, state, corporate, state, public order, political, organized, juvenile, corporate, white collar, blue collar, class, state, person, humanity. And uh, I'll really close 
with this. In the sex work world, I... was exposed to I was exposed to within the sex world sex work world red collar Workers the most, new collar workers the most, no collar workers the most, orange collar workers the most, green collar workers the most, brown collar workers the most, scarlet collar workers the most, obviously, black collar workers the most, open collar workers the most, gray collar workers the most, and gold collar um, workers the most, pink collar workers the most, blue collar workers the most, white collar workers the most. These were all the customers as well as the adult service providers, ASPs. And it is crazy that in that world that they'll tell you not to use hardcore drugs even though they're using it. <laughs> they'll tell you not to get not to be an alcoholic, but that's what they were. And in certain cases there were families who basically threatened criminals if you try to initiate my child into crime, I will commit the crime of murder against y'all. So some criminals backed off, some were able to get their kids to do crimes, some were killed, and some got away with it, and some eventually were given lengthy prison sentences and even execution, definitely because of it. And um, that's why I was pushed out of the crime world, because overall the criminals just when I was towards the end of my forced involuntary crime time organized crime, basically the uh, criminals felt like we're, we're, go- we're all going to go down. Why have a child go down with us? In certain crime worlds, you are instantly massacred as well as individually killed if you try to, if you try to, Recruit, in, uh, recruit kids to do crime and some criminals have been quickly killed because they had ch- children as part of criminal operations so um, and last thing I want to say is that some criminals the ones that put me in crime obviously did not care but despite all that I can honestly say this I'm sounding the alarm because I don't want anyone attracted
the law breaking. Logical rules. I want people attracted to law making logical rules. <laughs>